But we are going to uh, um, start a new series starting today on Palm Sunday, which next Sunday, being Easter, and I asked Shelly to put this in the loop as well, being Easter, people are the most uh, um, uh, susceptible or ready or willing, however you want to look at it, to come to church. So what, it's like, what do we need to do then? Invite them. And invite is awesome, but there's one step better in which we can do. Bring them. Right? Like, tell them, hey, there's some candy involved. I find some candy. I do whatever. But no, no. I mean, ask, invite, bring people. Uh, so for our brothers and sisters and anybody else that's online right now watching, uh, and everybody here, this is good information. We are going to add a bunch of chairs in here, all right? A bunch of chairs, so it, it, we're going to have plenty of seating. Uh, so if uh, those, maybe somebody's not watching because they want to continue social distancing, that's fine. And, you know, whatever you can do, but there's going to be plenty of chairs, plenty of room um, in here. So if you don't, I'll just tell you right now, if you don't, Bring, invite, or show up next week. You, 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 when you come in here, it's going to look, woo, it's going to look kind of sparse because we're going to have a bunch of chairs. We can fit a lot of chairs in here. Um, and, and the plan is to fit a bunch of chairs in here uh, because we want to see a bunch of people next week. Good? Oh, what, what else? Do, do I need to start like jumping jacks, running? Or, or, what, Dan, what, what do our Pentecostal brothers and sisters do to get the people route up? Palm brand. Everybody ask. Everybody have their palm frond? Yeah, get, hold, hold your palm frond up. Just, just wave it a little. Wave it a little. Bonnie, did you forget yours? Oh, okay. What does that palm frond mean? That palm frond means victory, triumph. Today's Palm Sunday. You can, you can wave it. You can put it down. I don't care. Just don't hit your neighbor with it. Unless they're sleeping. If they're sleeping, smack them. Um, but today is Palm Sunday, and being Palm Sunday, and next week's being Easter, and all this good time, we're starting a new series. This new series is going to be a three-week series. The, series, uh, the first two weeks, I'm going to be preaching it. Uh, the, the last week, uh, Brother uh, Kurt is going to be preaching it. Uh, and, and the focus of the series, like Jake already told us, and Kurt up here a little bit ago, is all about the kingdom of God. The, the, the title is Kingdom Come. And, and the idea is like when we're praying the Lord's Prayer and we say, your kingdom come, I want us to, to understand what it is that we're praying. Because when we look at the story right here uh, of Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry and all this, that I would bet the people there were saying the same thing. Yes, God, your kingdom come. But they had no idea what the kingdom of God really was. And I can say that with confidence because those people that were saying Hosanna, Hosanna at the beginning of the week were crying something much different at the end of the week. And I believe that it was because they didn't get what they wanted. Anybody have uh, issues when you don't get what you want? Hmm. Yeah, you all don't want to run. You better raise your hand, right? That is something, and I think we'll talk more about it maybe next week, but there's a problem that we've been having in the Kackner household with uh, 
somebody not getting what they wanted or they want. Not, I'm not talking about Shannon either. This is, it's my 12-year-old son. He gets, his kingdom is all upset because he doesn't get what he wants. I'm like, okay, why are you acting like that? Because I wanted to do, okay, well, we'll stop. You're 12. You don't get to do what you want. If, you, if I gave you everything you wanted, th- your life would be terrible. So, no. Sit down and shut up. Whatever. It's going to be one of those days. Man, alive, we're eating some time away. Turn with me to Mark chapter 11. I, if y'all aren't going to be ha- excited, I'll be excited for you. I mean, because I, I, I woke up this morning, I cranked the, the, the music up, and I'm just ironing my clothes and getting ready. And uh, Oh, I iron my clothes. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you don't believe me. You do not believe me. No, 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 no. That's, that's all. No, I, I am totally okay. If you don't believe me, ask any one of my, ask all of my kids separate. Yeah, ask him. Ask him. I am not, because they think I'm weird because I iron, because I iron my pants. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a Marine thing, I guess. I, I started ironing when I was in the Marine Corps. I, I don't like wrinkles. There's something about, I don't know, and I'm not judging, whatever, you, it, maybe it is judging. It's something about, like, I don't want to look like I just rolled out of bed and I got wrinkles all through my, I want to take pride in, in what I, how I look, how I present myself, I don't know. I look good. I, I good, man. <clears throat> Math is good now, thank you. Mark chapter 11, look at this, verse 1. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and we'll send it back here immediately. So I, I was thinking, I'm going to go to Sarshones today and just go up and jump into one of those nice new Silverados that no one's owned and just say, Hey, room! I'm going to drive off the lot, right? And if t- somebody says anything to me, I'm going to say, The Lord has need of it. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't think that they're going to go for that. Well, you'll visit, right? I've always thought about starting a prison ministry, but never from inside, right? Um, but uh, he, here, Jesus says, go, you're going to find this cult. And, and if anyone says anything to you, just, just tell them that I'm, I need it. And it's crazy because it says, and they went, look at verse 4, and they went away and found a cult at, at a door outside in, in the street. And they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, well, what are you doing untying the cult? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. I'm telling you, I think it might work. It might work. But it, it just, just think about this. They were doing what God told them to do, what, what Jesus said. Okay, I want you to go do this, and they did it. This is kind of a for free moment, a little nugget uh, that has really not a whole lot. Maybe it does to, to, uh, to the message, but how many times does God tell us to do something, and we're like, eh, but they're not going to let me do it. And don't raise your hands, but think about that. God, there's so many things that God says, okay, here, here's what I want you to do. Well, yeah, but what, what am I supposed to say and what am I supposed to do? Okay, here's the instructions. Here's what I want you to do. Uh, what you have to do is get your button in, in gear, in motion, and go do it. But what we say is like, eh, 
I don't know if that's of God. No one in here has ever done that, right? No one has ever said, I think God wants me to do this, because I had that conversation with with a lot of people. Well, I think what God wants me to do this, or I think God wants me to do that. Then I asked them, okay, well, why do you think it's God? Well, I had this feeling, or I had this, I'm not trying to be mean, rude, or anything, but why do you think it's God? Well, because God, that's what he does, right? Well, that's another question. Like, you shouldn't be asking, well, that's what God does, right? You should know how God works. You should know how God moves. You should know how God speaks. So when he says go, you go. And you don't have to turn back. This is one of my favorite. You guys know it. Uh, Psalm 37, 4. Uh, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. If we are delighting in the Lord, and we, are, we know uh, who the king is, and we're worshiping the king, and then a desire is put uh, placed on our heart. We don't have to say, mm, I wonder if, we're, if I'm supposed to do that or not. If we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, the Bible says he gives us the desires of our hearts. So I think here it's just all about this obedience, this idea that the, the, the disciples were obedient. i got to move on. Verse 7, it says, And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that had, or they had cut from the fields. That's your palm branch. Wave your palm branch. Palm frond. Yeah, there it is. Palm branches, this is a Jewish symbol of triumph. A Jewish symbol of victory. So they're, they're, they're throwing their cloaks out on the, the, the street, which this is big. Because we think about like, okay, somebody's throwing their, their, their coat out on uh, the street or whatever. I've got plenty of coats in, in the closet. I've, I know. Y'all have plenty of coats in the closet. I've seen you wear multiple coats. That's all right. I have plenty of coaches in the closet too. This is not what they're saying. I'm just, I don't wear this one anymore. No, they're taking the coat off their back, probably the only one in which they have. And they're throwing it out here. Think about it's the, 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 the red carpet event. They're, they're rolling out the red carpet. They're rolling out the red carpet for Jesus. It says that, that some were doing that, but others had palm branches. They had these leafy branches that they're waving. This symbol of victory, this symbol of, of, of this triumph. This is where we get the triumphal entry. So pay attention here. Verse 9 is, is uh, really, 9 and 10 both, are really where I want to focus the, the, the majority of our time. I want us to be able to put away distractions, focus in on what I'm going to say here. Verse 9. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. All right, let's do it. Let's be a lively church. Everybody get their palm frame. Their palm frame. Everybody. And on the count of three, we're going to say, we're going to say Hosanna. All right? One, two, three. Hosanna. Woo! I think this side won. So they're, they're waving, Hosanna, blessed is, is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Anybody know what Hosanna means? Save us now. The, 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 the king has come. That's why the Trump victory is here. I, I just got this, this picture in my mind. This song started playing on the role, Victory in Jesus. 
Victory in Jesus, our Savior forever. I know, great song, right? So Jesus is coming in. They're waving the flags, the, the, the banners. All our Pentecostal brothers are going, Woo! Are we alive now? Are we awake? They're getting, they're getting rowdy. They're getting excited. They have these, it's victory. Save us now. Save us now. They were actually, what they were doing is they were uh, continuing a, a um, uh, well, what scholars would say, a, a chant or, or a, a, a mantra in which they would continue to pray this whole week of Passover. It comes from Psalm 118. In Psalm 118, verse 25 and 26, it says, Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. This whole understanding of this crowd, they have been waiting for a long time for the kingdom to come. 1,500 years, maybe, 1,400, depending upon you know, how you chart your, 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 uh, your history. So roughly about 1,500 years they've been waiting. They've been waiting for this kingdom to, to come because they know that when David sat on the throne and when Solomon sat on the throne, that the, the kingdom was at peace. And yes, they had their little skirmishes, but God was with them and he, the kingdom expanded throughout the earth. And God promised David that, that, that there would not be a time where, where there wasn't a, 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 someone of, of his line sitting on the throne. And he promised him that, the, the, that there would be one who would sit on his throne for eternity. And he's prophesying about the, 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 the Messiah to come. When Jesus is coming in here and he's rolling through here, the crowd was definitely looking for a kingdom. Because at this time, what we understand and we know as a fact is that they were oppressed by the Romans. The Roman oppression was, just, was heavy upon them. And when Jesus comes, comes into uh, um, uh, Jerusalem, He comes down the Mount of Olives. And I, I, don't, know, I don't know if, if anybody's ever been there and st stood on top of, of the Mount of Olives. When you stand on top of the Mount of Olives and, and you're facing west towards Jerusalem, and you have the Kidron Valley in between, and, and all you see, all you see as you're standing there and you're facing west, well, now you see this big gold dome uh, right there, the Dome of the Rock. It's the, where the Muslims have tried to claim land, and that's a whole other story. But what you see is the Temple Mount. You, you, you see, and as you're standing here facing west, you, you understand that, that, that a little bit right behind you is Bethany and Bethpage. Bethany is where Martha and Mary and, and Lazarus were from. It, it very, very close. And it actually says in John uh, um, that some of the crowd that was there was, was there because of what Jesus did when he raised Lazarus. Not too far, or not too far uh, um, uh, separated from this time of him coming in. But you have the, 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 this, this, this picture of Jerusalem in this temple, which at this time, this was during the Passover, which would have been, let's just say, swollen to probably ten times the, uh, the, the normal people that would have been in Jerusalem. There was a lot going on. So it wasn't just a sleepy little town. And then all of a sudden, oh, they didn't have anything better to do. So they came out and 
There was a, they wanted to, to, to make a, a parade. It's, it's not like our Memorial Day parade. It's kind of chanky anymore. I ain't got nothing better to do. So I'll just go and sit out here. No, 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 no. This was, there was a bunch of stuff going on, but this was significant enough for them to draw from what they were doing to come here because they, they seen what was happening. They heard what, what Jesus had, had been doing. They were looking for a kingdom. But they were looking for a physical kingdom to come in to break the Roman oppression right then and there. Now, this is, this is interesting because how Jesus comes in uh, is not the way in which they were thinking, although that they were told for many hundreds of years before how the Messiah was going to come in. They were thinking that, that, that this triumph, is gonna, that, that someone's going to come in on a, a horse with a big army and everything. Well, that actually happened a few years before when, when uh, um, uh, Pilate came in. He came in with a big, on a big steed, a big, uh, a big entourage. Come, he came into Jerusalem there and set up his headquarters. Jesus didn't come in with all the, 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 the legions of the Roman army. Jesus came in not on a big steed. He came in on a donkey. And there's, there, there, there's reason for that, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But what I want us to focus on, what I want us to see is that the kingdom of God is not what we think. Like, okay, this is a place in which where I got to go. This is like a geographical location. Someday it will be. Someday, when I say someday, when, when Christ returns and He sets up His physical kingdom here on earth, it will be. But until then, the kingdom of God is very real, is very present in our, in our time right now, the kingdom of God is the kingly rule of God in the lives of people and nations. If we're going to look at what the kingdom of God is, it's the kingly rule of God. You can't have a kingdom without a king. And that's the big idea for today, is the king makes the kingdom. The king makes the kingdom. And what we have here is Jesus is coming into uh, 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 Jerusalem here, and they're saying, you know, Hosanna, save us now. They're wanting a kingdom, but what they're, 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 they are not willing to do, and the reason I say this is because their actions later, what they are not willing to do is take personal responsibility or make commitment. They want a kingdom, but they don't want a commitment. What do I mean? They're yelling, Hosanna! Okay, come save us! You do all the work. I don't have to do anything. Come, come save us. Give me that warm, fuzzy feeling and tell me what to do. No one has ever said that, right? If you're waiting for that warm, fuzzy feeling from God to do something, let me give you a heating blanket. Because that's not how God works. Does God stir up inside of us? Absolutely God stirs up inside of us. Absolutely He speaks to us and motivates us. But it's not in this, well, i got this warm sensation came all over me. No. What we have to understand is too many people look for that and they want God to do everything when they're not willing to take responsibility. What we have to understand is the king, the kingdom of God is being the kingly rule of God in the lives of the people and the nation. It refers to recognizing the authority, the authority of God, rather than a geographical location. 
It's understanding that it began with Christ's ministry, and we'll see this. It began with Christ's ministry, but it's not a geographical location. It's a recognition of His authority. And then it's a, so in that recognition, then there's a response to Him. We can't have a kingdom without a king. And I think that Jesus makes this clear throughout His earthly ministry. Hold your finger there in, in, in uh, Mark 11. Turn to the left to just a few chapters back to Mark 1. Because Jesus talks about the kingdom. Matthew's gospel talks, he, he records probably the most times that Jesus talks about the kingdom. But I love how, how Mark captures uh, Jesus' first words uh, uh, when, he's, when he's set out or set out and set off into his, his ministry. In, in Mark chapter 1, uh, verse 14 and 15, it says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, this is, this is, this is what we really got to press into right here. The time is fulfilled. Well, what time is he talking about? All right, hold on. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Pause for a second. Jesus, when he comes on scene, he says, the time is fulfilled. What time is it that he's talking that it is fulfilled? He's talking about the appointed time of God's preparation and the expectation of the people. Um, it now stood fulfilled in God's plan. Jesus comes on scene and he says, here's the deal. You got to get ready. Why? Because the time is fulfilled. This is, this is something that, 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 that we have a hard time in the West. We in the West have a hard time uh, thinking of, uh, uh, about um, how everything revolves around God's timing. I know that we say that. But this, this, this nation, uh, this people group here, their lives, their livelihood, everything about their being revolved around the timing of God. And, and if, if I know there's a lot of prophetic people and stuff out there right now saying, oh, America's God's you know, new Israel. But here, America's not God's new Israel. Uh, God's church is what God's focusing on right now. What we have to understand is that as the people were, 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 were uh, their lives, the children of Israel, their lives were determined by the plan of God, by God's plan. That's how we as His children have to look at our lives now. We have a hard time with that because we, we don't look at our schedule and say, okay, God, how am I going to do this? Or where, where God starts first. No, we, we get our schedule and we say, okay, here's work. Here's, I don't know, movie night with the, 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 the spouse. Here's my kids. Here's whatever. We don't look at time as waiting for God to fulfill His promise and His plan to us. How do we do that? Well, you've heard me say this billions of times by now. It's putting Christ in the center of our lives. And as we put Christ in the center of our lives, we have this kingdom mentality, this focus of understanding that everything we do is, is done in light of, in the, in the presence of the King. Therefore, how we work, how we uh, um, uh, play, how we serve, how we, whatever, how, how we Mandel, that's what just popped in my head, how we do all of this stuff, is determined by what's in the center. As Jesus says here, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Some of your, your uh, translations will say the kingdom of God is near. 
I, I, I love this because what Jesus is saying is the king is here. The king is here. Therefore, if the king is here, the kingdom is coming. The king is here. The kingdom is coming. We need to get ready for that. In, uh, in, back in, in, in chapter 11 here, and keep your finger in one because we're going to bounce back there in a second. In chapter, we got 10 minutes. We'll, we got plenty of time. In chapter 11 it, it, there, it says that, that when Jesus is explaining how Jesus is coming down into uh, Jerusalem. When I say down, he's coming down the Mount of Olives. He goes up into Jerusalem. He, he crosses the Kidron Valley. He does all of this as been prophesied hundreds of years before. Hundreds of years before by the prophet Zechariah. In Zechariah 9, 9, you don't have to turn there. It'll come up there on the screen. It says this. And mind you, when it says this, and Ze all the, the minor prophets, all the oppression that was happening, is nothing in which we have ever experienced as Americans here. Rejoice greatly, because they were in exile. God w w w w was chastising them for their wicked ways. And they say, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Zechariah prophesies how, and this is what he's talking about here. You can read the whole chapter there of Zechariah. Read the whole book. It's not very long. He's prophesying about the, 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 the Messiah coming. The King is coming. And how He was going to come. So Jesus is clearly identifying as a Messianic King. He is clearly identifying as the one who is fulfilling the promise that God made to David. The one who's going to sit on the throne forever. But what was happening in the eyes and the mind of, of the crowd there is they're like, okay, He's going to sit on the throne, and we're going to go back to the awesome days of David and Solomon and, and everything. They thought it was going to be physical right then, right there. But something had to take place. For, for the king and for the kingdom, I should say, for the kingdom to last forever, there was something that had to be fixed in all of that. Something that had to be dealt with. And that's sin. Jesus came to deal with sin. Yes, he came to be the, 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 the king, the, the, the wonderful counselor, but he also came to be the suffering servant. He fulfills the, the, the king, uh, the messianic king role here. But I, the, 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 the people, they, just didn't, they didn't grab hold of what was going on. I, I have here in my notes, and I think this is vitally important. If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. We must identify Jesus as the king. We must identify Jesus as the king. What do I mean? Remember back to the center. If he's not the one sitting on the throne, if he's not the one in the center of our life, the king of our life, things are going to be wonky. Things aren't going to work out. We are going to have trial. We are going to have, yes, we're going to have trial and tribulation, but when we have trial and tribulation, when we have pain and suffering, if He is in the center, He keeps us centered. Sometimes our flesh cries out. 
If, if you're like me, I, I, you know, I deal with chronic back pain all the time. And some of you, I know that you have worse pains than me. I get that. But there, there are times, just like uh, Charles Spurgeon, great preacher uh, in England, he, he was a manic depressed, uh, a manic depressive. He, had, he was so overwhelmed with depression uh, at times, and, they, and it, it's, it was rooted in he had gout. I don't know if, it, if anybody knows what that is. My grandpa gets that. He used to get that you know, quite a bit. But he had, he, he, Spurgeon got gout, and it was a physical um, ailment, but it caused spiritual uh, and, and, and emotional uh, effects. You know, it, when, we, when we think about um, times like that and um, how when we get affected by maybe man, my back is killing me or maybe it's not even that, it's something going on at work or it's something going on at home or whatever it may be. If Christ isn't the king, if Christ isn't in the center, the devil's going to easily be able to, to draw us away, easily be able to, to distract us to doing something he wants us to do instead of what God has planned for us. We all have kingdom work to do. I believe that with every fiber of my being that we're here for a reason. And that reason is to expand the kingdom of God. How that works in each individual's life, we know that it differs. But what we do know is that God has a plan and He um, uh, executes that plan through us. So we must identify Jesus as the King. All right, let me wrap this up here. Because of the kingdom. Okay, because the King is coming. Because the King has come. And, and, and we, we know that the, His first advent, He came. He, he, he lived a life we couldn't live. He died a death in which we should, we should die. He rose again. His sacrifice was accepted by the Father. He was ascended into heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father waiting to return to bring us home. Because of that, because of the King, go back to Mark 1. When Jesus says the time was fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, He doesn't stop there. He gives two commands. Two Commands, it's a, or a double command, I guess you could call it too. Repent and believe in the gospel. So, so he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. The king is here. There's something you have to do. You can't just sit there and wave your palm frond and say, save us now. We can look forward to it. Okay, but when the king has come, it's on you to respond. And the way in which we respond is repentance and faith. Now, that's not a, a success, successive, you know, I think that's how you say that, successive act where it goes, okay, I'm going to repent and then I'm going to have faith. No, it happens all at once. You're repenting because you can't repent unless you have faith. You can't have faith unless you repent. How that works, I don't know. Ask God when you get there. Just get there. Uh, that faith and, or the repentance and faith is what has to take place for what? For us to enter into the kingdom of God. If repentance and faith does not happen, and understand what repentance means, it's just turning away from the, uh, uh, whatever object it is in your life that you trust. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't trust anyway. I'm saying, when I'm saying you, what you trust, what is it that you trust the most? If I were to do a poll out of the average individual, I'm not going to do a poll out of you all here because you all would give me the church answer. But if I were to do a poll and I would ask people on the street, like, what was it, Jay Leno used to do? People on the street, 
What do you trust? What's the thing you trust the most? It would either be churchy people would, would want to impress the pastor and say, well, it's God. Well, I hope so. But probably nine out of ten people would say either money or self. Money or self. So what, what, what repentance means is turning away from that object of trust, not saying that you should just, well, I'm just going to give all my money away. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is our trust isn't in money. Because like it or not, believe it or not, you can lose it all. You can lose it all right now. What about self? If you trust in yourself, how many in here... Now, I want, I want to take an honest poll here. Think hard about this before you answer. How many in here have messed up before? <laughs> and you're going to put your trust in that? Well, I know what's best. Do you? Um, let me go talk to your family. Let me go talk to people who know you. And I'm not saying that, that that's how you're identified, but I'm, what I'm trying to, to, to impose and, and really to, to get across is like, we can't trust ourselves over God because we, we're not omniscient. We're not all-powerful. We're not, we don't know everything that's going on. So repenting is turning away from the existing object of trust and turning to God in faith. Faith is believing and committing wholeheartedly. It's not like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think God is real. That's not faith. That's just a thought. Well, does faith, faith start with a thought? Yeah, it starts with it. But faith is fully committing wholeheartedly to trusting God for what, who He is and what He has done and what He will do. So when Jesus says the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, you got to do something. Repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in the one who uh, fulfills, and I love this, believe in the one who is the content of the gospel. Jesus saying, believe in me. Jesus is the only means one can enter the kingdom of God. That recognition of God's authority. There are a lot of people that would say, yeah, I believe, you know, God is, okay. Have you put your trust in Jesus? Maybe somebody's online watching right now that you haven't put your trust in Jesus. Your trust in Jesus is then how you enter into the kingdom of God, how you can sit uh, confidently under His authority. A lot of people don't want, I'm not, I don't want to be a Christian because I don't want God to tell me what to do. Well, then you don't understand what God's goodness and authority really truly is. It's better than anything you can ever think of. If we were to wrap all this up in a nice little bow that you can take away with you today, it would be this. The kingdom comes where the king is received. The kingdom comes where the king is received. Easter's all about what Jesus has done. We don't need to just receive Jesus as our Savior we need to receive Him as Lord and King of our lives. We want to set, be set apart from the world. We don't want to uh, just be normal. We don't want to just sit by. If you just want this mediocrity, I mean, that just, that just blows my mind if anybody really wants to. Oh, I'm just going to settle. No, I, I believe what we really truly want is to be used by God. If we want to be used by God, we have to remember 
It all starts with receiving Him. And then once we've received the gift, is we need to enjoy the gift. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank You for the day in which You've given us. God, I thank You for uh, the time. Uh, even though I went a little over, I, I pray that uh, Your message went forth. God, as we celebrate the triumphal entry, God, and as we're looking forward to uh, Easter, the resurrection day next Sunday, and then the, the, the week after to the ascension that we'll talk about, God, we just ask that, that, that we can really, truly, fully understand what the kingdom of God is, your kingdom is, God. And let us operate and live in light of being a part of that kingdom. Under your wonderful mercy, under your gracious uh, rule, under your authority, God, to do what it is you've called us to do. God, as we go from here, let us uh, continue to be your light. and Let it shine to those around us. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Y'all have a wonderful week. And remember, invite somebody next week.